It's good to be here, and it's good to have everyone who's watching online with us as well, um, to be here as well. And uh, for the folks that are going to be tuning into the podcast a little bit later or after this to listen, then we're excited for you to hear as well. And uh, so uh, it's a good thing to have technology in the church today. Would you agree with that? Um, Pastor Ben did a sermon series a while back about how we could use technology for, um, for the good um, because there is a lot of bad things that you can do with it. Would you agree? And so there's also a lot of good things. With good comes bad. With bad comes good. There's all kinds of different things. Um, and, um, but we can use technology to reach folks today that we wouldn't have been able to reach uh, 5, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, and it's really, really cool. It's kind of a neat uh, platform to be able to be on a lot of different places and, and uh, be able to reach a lot of different folks. And uh, we enjoy that. And uh, um, we believe in, in just reaching people. And that's kind of what this sermon series has been about, um, being God's instrument um, for the gospel, being God's instrument to take that to people, to be a voice um, for Jesus and uh, to be um, willing to play that kind of second fiddle to his will, to what he has for our lives. And how many of this um, in this series so far has, has heard something that's like, hey, this is good for me? Anybody in here? Yes, very good. That's awesome. And uh, so I'm encouraging you guys to, if you haven't heard the first two sermons in the series, I encourage you to go back on the podcast or go back to the YouTube um, channel and listen to it because they are very good and, uh, well, I mean... Pastor Ben's is really good, and uh, so, but anyway, uh, and so, um, this week, I want to jump into, it's the same kind of topic, but it's a little bit of a variation from last week, and so last week, we talked about how it's important to understand what God's purpose is for your life, right, and that we all have a purpose. Does everybody agree with that? Yeah. Amen. We all do have purpose in life. I know sometimes it can maybe feel like you don't have purpose. Maybe sometimes it feels like your purpose is long gone, or maybe you have already served your purpose, and now, you know, it's just time for the next generation or the next people or the next person up. But we all still have a purpose today. If you're breathing and you have life, God still has a reason for you to be here. He still has a purpose for your life. You're not done yet. And I'm just here to tell you that God has things for you to do. And that purpose looks different for everyone. But also, there's one that's very, very similar for all of us. And that is that we are commissioned to reach the people in our spheres of influence. We are commissioned to go get those people, go evangelize to those people, and be um, a voice of truth in a time of uh, untruth. Um, when we're hearing a lot of things that maybe isn't so true or isn't very good. Um, it's good to have folks who are commissioned to go into the world to share truth and share real, um, real things and things that are going to build people up rather than tear people down. So you do have a purpose. And last week we kind of talked about that purpose. We talked about Paul and how Paul had a lot of really good intentions and he had a lot of awesome knowledge and he had all these different things. He had everything going for him. He had love for God. He had um, a fear of God. And Saul, before transfer or before being converted into Paul, was also a persecutor of people who follow Christ. And although he had all those good intentions ever, every good intention 
you know, he had all this good stuff going on. He thought he was serving God, thought he was doing things in the right way. He still missed the mark. He was still slightly out of tune with what God had for his life. And I talked about how we as people and as human beings are often like that. And Corey and I just talked about this before service started today. You can have the best intentions. You can have the best ideologies. You can have everything in place and have it in the right place. But when you say something, someone's going to hear maybe something that they wanted to hear. And so it doesn't really, it matters about the perspective, how they perceive what you're saying, how they perceive how you're acting, and all these different things. And so that's very, very real, and that's just how life is. You're not always going to be able to please everyone. Is anybody a people pleaser in here? Any people pleasers in the room? No, surely not. Um, you know, I, um, I see a lot of people pleasing happening, um, and I'm just, you know, it doesn't work. <laughs> It doesn't work. You end up just burning the candle at both ends, and you end up unhappy, and you end up stressed out, and you end up in a place where you don't want to be, and um, it's just an unhealthy try to trying to please every single person in your life. And we all know it. We've all been told a hundred times it doesn't work. You're going to make someone upset, even with the best intentions. And Paul had those good intentions. However, he was off tune, and how did God tune him back up? He blinded him yes and took his vision and knocked him off of his horse and said Saul why are you persecuting me and Saul goes on he is healed from that and he goes on to realize that Jesus is the Christ son of the living God and that he is the way the truth and the life and that no one comes to the father except through him he realizes those things and so um, Paul has a miraculous Saul has a miraculous change and he begins to go forward as Saul, this new creature. And, um, and now he's commissioned by God to go and be a missionary or an evangelist to, do you remember what people group? Anybody remember? It starts with a G. Gentiles. Somebody said it. I don't know who it was. but To the Gentiles. And so he and uh, Barnabas are commissioned to go and preach to the Gentiles, and so that's their calling, that's what they're there to do, and so that's their new purpose, that's their new calling, and we all have our own set of Gentiles, don't we? If you think about it, we all have our own Gentiles in our life, we all have people that we're meant to reach in our life, maybe it's your friends, maybe it's your family, and I'm sure that as you're sitting here this morning, you can think of someone in your family that you're like, man, I wish I could get them to come with me. Or someone that's in your friend group that you think, man, it would be really nice if I could just get that person to come. And you're praying and you're, and you're fasting maybe and you just want it so much, but it's just it's tough and you're not able to reach those folks. But guess what? God isn't done with you. He's greater than any other force in the world. And he can make things happen in your life that you never thought were possible. How many people are in this room today? And you thought to yourself, I would never be in church. Absolutely. There's tons of people. I feel, and if I bet if we were all being super honest, we're probably most of us think that. Like, oh, I can't be saved. I've done too much. I've done too much. I've gone too far. I've said too many things. I've acted too many different ways. It's been too long. I've known about Jesus for so long, and I just kind of ignored it, and I didn't go, and I didn't do what I was supposed to do, so why would he want me now after all this time, me denying him? And there's all these different things that we bring, all of our baggage, but you're here. 
you're here. And that's a beautiful thing. And God can bring people to church. He can bring people to him and change their hearts, change their minds, even when we think it's impossible. Do you guys believe that with me? Amen. I believe that God is stronger than anything else in the world. I believe that he can do things that no one else can do. And I believe that he's going to cause a move in your life. I'm believing that there will be a move. I'm believing that the person that you're praying for will have a softness put into their heart to where God can speak to them. I'm believing that this morning. I'm believing that God has something for you that is able to embolden you and strengthen you to go to these people and to speak into their life and say, hey, this is, come with me, or, or follow me, or, or however that might look. I'm saying that God is going to do something in your life this morning. And I'm believing that in Jesus' name, he's going to break down barriers for you. Those people that you've been wanting to come with you, those people that you've been wanting to be here with you, I'm believing this morning in Jesus' name that he is going to soften their heart and he's going to hear you again. Don't give up. Do not give up on those people. Go to them. Talk to them. Invite them again. I have an awesome story, and who knows if her brother will hear this or not. I don't really care. But Albie's brother, um, she's been, how long have you been praying for him to come to church? I mean, I know since we've been together, and we've been together, next month will be 10 years. And she's been praying for him to go to church, and he'll come once here and there, and it's just like, it's insane. But, and she's been praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying, right? He never would go. He would never stay if he did go. And it was just so disheartening for her, but she never gave up, never always would call him, ask him, text him, hey, you coming to church with me this week? Hey, you coming to church with me this week? Never gave up. And finally, after nine years of this, almost ten years of this at least, her brother attends a church, goes every single Sunday. Now, is he a Christian right now? I don't know that that's been, I don't know that he's gone there yet. But he's in church every single morning hearing God's word poured into his life. He's one of those people that you think, oh, he's never going to go. He's never going to get it. But God is making a move happen. And if you continue to stay faithful to him and stay true to him and continue praying and continue believing and continue on, he's going to make things happen. There will be a move. And I'm believing this morning that that's going to happen in your life. So, with that being said, it's not easy to do ministry alone. It's not easy. And I know Pastor Ben will tell you this every day of the week. It's not easy. One of the first things that Pastor Ben and Pastor Leslie told Albie and I when we first uh, came to, to be youth pastors here, one of the first things that they taught us was that you should never do ministry alone. Never do it alone. And that was the wisest words they probably could have spoken to our lives um, just because it gets hard to continuously have defeat after defeat after defeat after defeat. Um, it's hard if you're alone to keep going and keep believing and keep going. It's hard. Um, but when you have someone with you to help you, to pray for you, to be a voice of reason, a voice of truth in your life, Someone that's willing to um, listen to you vent. That's nice. Do you, everybody, anybody need a vent session from time to time? Uh-huh. 
Yes. Sometimes I just need to, Albie gets it, we get in the car, and I'll just unload. <laughs> and like, it'll just be all these conversations that I've been wanting to have with other people or or all these thoughts that just, because my mind goes crazy. Anybody else's mind just go nuts? My mind will go crazy in ways I'm like, and I can't make sense of stuff, so I just keep, and I'll talk to myself. The other morning I was sitting there getting ready to get ready for work, and I'm doing my routine, and I just realized I'm talking to myself out loud. And I do that. I'm not acting like I don't ever do that. But it was to the point to where I started answering myself. Okay. Like, I would say something, and I'd be like, well, that's not true, because you know, I'm like, well, okay, hang on a second, Dusty. You're going crazy. That's what's happening. You've lost your mind. And uh, you, and, I, and actually, I said that out loud, too. And then I was like, I'm just getting in the shower. I can't do this. So I can't have a conversation with myself anymore. But I'll just let loose on Albie. I'll vent. I'll just let everything go that's been built up and just been in here. And I'll just let her... Boom, I just let it go. And it feels so nice to finally hear it. And sometimes when you say it out loud to another person, it, it changes your perspective on it. It changes what it, the power that it could have. The fear could be like, oh, well, maybe I'm just being irrational. Or, or maybe what I'm saying doesn't even actually make sense. But in my mind, it was like really becoming this crazy thing. That's what anxiety is. That's what fear is. It doesn't always make sense. And when you speak it, you put a name on it, then it dissipates. And so it's, it's good to have that person with you. Paul was very good at keeping people with him on his missionary journeys. If you read about Paul throughout Acts, he always had someone with him. He would, he would recruit these folks to come and be with him and to um, uh, do this ministry with him. And he would plant these churches and he would put pastors over these churches and he would, he would mentor them and he would build them up. And he was excellent at it. And he would always choose people to come with him. And I'm thinking of a, of a time when he called Timothy. To, to come with him, to and he recruited him to go. I think it's Acts 16, um, and he just, he hears about Timothy. He hears about this man who's a disciple of Jesus, and he hears good things, and he says, I need him to come with me. So he invites him to come. He, he um, circumcises him because that's what, you know, that's what they did back then. Um, I'm just here to tell you this morning, you don't have to, if you pick somebody to go with you, don't circumcise them, all right? Don't, you don't have to do that anymore. That's not a thing. Um, that's not a thing. Don't do that. You'll go to jail. <laughs> so, so don't do that. Um, but anyway, um, so that's what they did back then. That was the thing. And he called Timothy to come be one of his people. And, um, and that was awesome. He's always bringing people in. So how would he ask? What would he do? So one thing for sure is that Paul is a very smart man. He's super smart. He has a lot of knowledge. He understands the Bible. He understands the scriptures that he's been taught over the time. Over time, he understands all these different things. He has had a personal um, interaction with Jesus Christ Himself, a moment where he heard Him literally speak to him, and he's had this moment. So he has the ability to go do ministry alone. He has that. He has the tools, right? He could do it, but he has to be humble enough to realize that. I can't do this by myself. Even though I have all the knowledge, even though I have all this stuff, even though I'm real strong and, you know, strong-willed and I'm, I can do anything and I can do all this and I don't need nobody else, 
I'm for me, or whatever. He, he, he still realizes, he's humble enough to realize, I need someone to go with me. We need to remain humble as people. Sometimes we can think, well, I've been in church for 30 years. I don't need somebody to do that. Well, you still need people alongside you to help you, to pray for you, to be there with you, to vent to, all these different things. You need those people. Remain humble enough to realize that. Have that humility in your life. Paul had it. We should have it. He would pray. He would seek God's will. He would seek who he should, who he should recruit. He would seek who would go with him on these different missionary journeys. We also should pray. We also should invite God's will into our life and be willing to play that second fiddle for the people that are in our life that could come along and be um, a ministry partner with us. And what does that exactly look like to be a ministry partner? What does that look like? What does it look like to do ministry together? Have you ever, has anyone ever like done ministry with someone else before? Cindy, have you ever taken someone with you when you delivered cookies all those times? That's what that looks like, to have somebody with you, to take them with you. Say, hey, this is what we do. We take cookies to new people. It's cool. It's interesting. It's neat. You invite people to, to do greeting with you at the door. That's, that's doing ministry. That, that may not seem like it, but it really is. Pe they say that people make a decision whether they're going to stay at a church within the first seven seconds. That first impression is very important. It's very important. Standing at the door, greeting people, that's huge. That's ministry. That's what that looks like. Take someone with you. Say, hey, let's go, let's go shake some hands this morning. That's what that looks like to go be in ministry together. Um, whenever you have, like, Sister Joanne, who needs something done in her yard or something like that, Albie and I would always take, we always take a youth group member with us. We always take someone with us to go and to say, hey, do you need anything? Is there anything we can do? That's showing true religion. That's showing that true form, saying, hey, this is what it looks like to take care of your people. This is what it looks like to do true ministry with people. Having someone with you, taking people with you. Paul would mentor these folks. And he would build them up, and he would teach them what to do. And that's so important, because if I just said, you know, hey, Jodon, go do ministry, that's really cool, that's exciting, but what would you do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, could you just go do it? And how far would you get before you were like, well, now I don't really know what that means, like, I don't really know what to do now. I've done what I thought it means, and, you know, now what do I do? Without having someone to teach you, guide you, help you, finding someone who's maybe a little bit um, longer in ministry to uh, be able to, um, to help you and guide you, that's super important. Paul would mentor the people that he would take with him. He would teach them the ropes. That way, he could, they could do it on their own, and they could also take someone with them. It's important to not be alone so that you can continue to multiply the kingdom of God by mentoring, by teaching, and by building up the church in a way, maybe it's one at a time, maybe it's several at a time. I don't know what that looks like for you or what God has for your life, but I know that we're supposed to be taking people with us so that we can build them up and, and, and get them into ministry as well. So, I want to encourage you to invite people, invite people to be with you, to do ministry with you. If you're, if you're taking a meal to someone, if you want to go and invite people to church one day somewhere, take someone with you, do ministry together, 
pray for people, have a person that you can vent to, have a person that you can bounce ideas off of, have a person that will speak truth in your life mostly. Because a lot of people in the world will tell you what you want to hear. You need somebody in your life that's going to tell you the truth. And you need someone that's going to be real. Because there's a lot of people, like I said, that'll just tell you what you need or what you want. And a lot of times people are just looking for that anyway. But, you know, if you really want to grow and you really want to get closer to God or you really want to do what's right, find somebody that's willing to tell you how it is. Um, Albie's really good at that. She'll just tell you. She's always been like that. That's one of the things I like the most about her. Happy birthday week, Albie. Um, and um, so she's really good at just telling people how it is. Some people don't like that. A lot of people actually <laughs> don't like that. Um, but that's okay. It's okay because people need to hear the truth. Leslie's really good at it. She'll tell you how it is. That's just what it is, man. Um, you, you, just, you need people in your life that are willing to say, hey, you're, let's, t- let's tune it up a little bit. Something like that. You need someone. That's a good thing to have in ministry. Um, doing ministry alone can be very, very lonely. And you need someone that can come alongside you and be a partner for you. Um, and it's a really beautiful thing. And it makes being a Christian easier when you have people with you who care about you. So I encourage you to find someone. It could be someone in this room. It could be someone from another church. It could be, it could be a lot of different things. But find a believer Find somebody that you can bounce ideas off of and do ministry together. And just, even if it's not like ministry per se, find an accountability partner, someone who's willing to be there for you and talk to you and do life with you. And I know that we all, like a lot of us have significant, significant others, some of us don't, but a lot of us do, and we say, well, that's my person, and that's my... Find a believer, find someone outside of your family, if you can, that can be that voice for you. Because sometimes it's iron sharpens iron, right? Have you heard that said? It's the truth. You need someone in your life that's going to be able to help you sharpen your skills, sharpen yourself, and give you um, good, solid um, advice when you need it, and give you good, solid um, direction when you need it as well. And so I just want to pray that, that God would do that for you in your life, that he would give you that ability. So once you find someone to do ministry together with, then you have to do the actual ministry. And so that looks a little different, and that could be very scary. And um, today's time, there's a lot of negativity in the ch- uh, surrounding the church. Would you guys agree with that? A lot of things that maybe don't look so good on paper. People, oh, I've heard, I've heard Christians are really judgmental. I've heard churches are judgmental. I've heard churches uh, aren't very inclusive. I've heard that, uh, you know, a lot of bad things about churches. Anybody else hear bad stuff? You're going to. Is it alluring, and I'm asking, is it alluring for someone to come to church? Is it alluring for them to become a Christian? Like, we think so. If you're a Christian, you think so because it's been good for you. You, you realize the, the benefits of it and everything. But for someone on the outside looking in, is that really something that they want to do? With all the negativity surrounding us, with all the bad things being said at times, 
why would someone want to come and, and come to the church and give their life to Jesus? Why would they want to do that? So, if you know me very well, you know that I like to do things interactively. And um, I like to bounce ideas off people. And I like to have you guys interact as well. Um, so, I want to kind of break you into like little pods. And I want you guys to come up with some ways to attract people or some benefits of being a Christian. Why is it important and how is how are you bringing people in? I think about myself as a recruiter for the counseling center. It's really really hard to recruit people to a job that isn't very alluring. Like it doesn't have good pay, it doesn't have good benefits, it doesn't have a lot of different things that would would uh, attract someone to come work there. It's hard to get them to come work in a job that you don't even believe is a good job. You know what I mean? I'm not saying this about the counseling center. Hey, counseling center, calm down. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, in general, if there was a job that is really not very good, it's hard to uh, attract people to come there, right? We have odds against us as a church. The odds are against us. We have a great Savior. We have a great thing going. We have Jesus Christ who is awesome and he gives us everything that we need. He's a Father who loves us, who gives us literally his life for us. It's a beautiful thing, but it, there's so much negativity in the world. And there's so much negativity surrounding the church. It's hard sometimes to even sell the idea of coming to church, let alone giving their life to to God. So what I'd like for you guys to do is, uh, is we're going to break into little small groups just for like five minutes or so, and it, we'll just keep you in your areas too. So we'll, we'll do from Chuck and Tina up, and then you guys back there in that back section, uh, Ella and all you, and uh, you four here in this pod with, with these two, sorry, you guys go back there with uh, Mary and uh, Donnie, and you guys in this little pod here, and then... How about all of you, just the, all six of you together? And Joe Don, where do you want to go? You want to go with them? Or? Yeah, I'll just with the all right, you tend to the kids. <laughs> Very good. And so I just want you guys to talk really quickly, um, and you can get together, whatever you want to do. But come up with some, what are some benefits to being a Christian? How would you sell that to someone? How would you encourage them to be a Christian in the first place? What does that look like exactly? Um, so just talk amongst yourself just for a few minutes, and, I'll, and we'll talk at the end. And then if you're watching online or if you're watching on YouTube, I'd like for you to do it as well. If you would uh, like to um, write down a couple of ways and reasons why it's good to be a Christian, I encourage you to do that. Um, and then send it to us in a message on the bridge, if you don't mind. Uh, Amy, you guys, I forgot about you guys. Oh, you guys are talking? Okay, all right. All right, sorry. You're in your own little pod.
yeah, how would you encourage someone to come to, to come to, to church or become a Christian? Um, what is the benefits of that? Why would they even choose to do that with all the negativity that's going on? How do how do you combat that? If you're a good salesman, this will be an easy pitch. We'll take just a couple more minutes here, and then we'll talk. Ricky, get your baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Chuck's our speaker. All right. All right. Everybody come up with something? Anything? I don't want to take a bunch of time here. Um, don't want to leave a bunch of dead time. But I feel like as Christians, we can kind of internally verbalize, like, why it's so great like, why do, why do I come to church? Like, what's my draw? And sometimes, but if you're thinking of, of selling that to someone else, it's like, well, how would, I, how would I do that? Like, how do I pitch that to people? I'm interested to see what you guys came up with. So let's start, uh, instead of on the sides, let's start in the middle. Let's start with Mary's group. Did you guys come up with anything? Mary's going to say it. Here, I'm going to have you say it in the I have been a Christian for over 50 years, and one of the best things that a Christian can do to a person that is lost and undone without the Lord is live your life before them, pleasing to God, and it will affect that person that is lost. 
Look, there were all sinners at one time, saved by grace. God's grace through Jesus Christ that will wash your life pure and clean. Live your life before those that are lost. Lead them to life to Christ with your life that God has given you. God is in control of this thing. He has all benefits for the Christian. I don't come to church for money, but God gives us all of our needs. Everything that we need, not want, but everything that we need, God supplies. And he wants to supply that for all who are lost and undone without his son. Because one day, listen people, we're going to be called out here. And we are the bride of Christ. Jesus Christ is soon to come. I believe that with all of my heart. Make yourself ready. Can I do anything for you that's lost and undone? I'm trying today to show my life to those that are lost and undone that might be here. God's benefits are great. They are great. They are wonderful. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Hey. Well, good luck topping that, other groups. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, needed to hear that, yeah? God's benefits are great. Amen. Amen. Uh, who's speaking over here? Chuck. Chuck, you're up. What I say would draw people into the church and what's happening in this community as I see examples of uh, Joe Dawn, what she's went out in the public and done, uh, trying to get centers right, get them right with uh, drugs and rehab. Uh, just different people in this church have done a lot for the community and the examples of the way that people are here living, the things that they've done. I think that's what's drawn our family to this church, you know, and uh, that's just what I see. I think just living the examples like this gentleman back here spoke up. It's how we live, and that's what draws people into the church. That's true. God can provide a, um, a resource for addicts, for people who are, are, are in that kind of um, addiction, whatever. God provides freedom for those folks. That is a wonderful benefit to being a Christian, absolutely. Who's... Uh, <laughs> Ella? Live your life in front of people to show them that you can be Christ-like. 
because that w that will encourage them and make them want to come to church and give their heart to God. Thank you, Karen. Albie, is that what you came up with? Is that your idea? All right. Uh, who's this speaker over here? Ricky? <laughs> the baby is. Okay. Who is it? Words of wisdom, yes. I don't know what to say. Yeah, right. You always no, have I really to, don't. That's a very, that, that is a very hard question, I think, what you ask, because um, I think that, well, I'll talk about my experiences. Um, you got to approach some people a little differently than you would um, others. So um, I never want to offend anyone or, you know, come off too strong whenever talking about um, coming to church or um, I can only tell them and show them um, what I've experienced in my walk with Christ and um, Danny's dad, I forget his name, uh, but I think he hit the nail on the head and then we also discussed... Um, the benefit of coming to church is making it to heaven. I mean, that's the goal, you know, um, or you will burn in a lake of fire. So um, I think just living, living your life as an example and um, telling people what Jesus has done in your own life is that's the only thing that I know to do to bring people to church. <laughs> Thank you very much. Awesome. Oh, I know she wanted to say something just yet. I think they said since my jaw just sells, I was talking. Um, I agree with this gentleman back here, living our lives um, and just letting people see we mess up, but we still are, are saved. And, you know, we all have people in heaven that we want to see. So, and we're just reminding people that's how, that's how you'll see them. You know, I live that in my life every day because I want to see my mom again and living my life right is the way I'm going to do it. So just leading by example and never giving up on those people that we're still trying to get to come to church. Awesome. Excellent. That's very real. Um, I like what she said. She said, I want to see my mom again. And Christianity provides us a way to do that. Yeah. Who? Oh, I skipped. Oh, my gosh. Lanetta. <laughs> she almost got away with it. Oh, she got called. She's right outside the door, don't worry. She, she got called up. She got called. Uh-huh, Amy tried to get away. Uh-huh. Oh, so, uh, <laughs> sorry, I was changing a kid. <laughs> uh, what are we doing? <laughs> um, I don't know what everybody else said, so what we come up with obviously several things, but I mean, you have an eternal friend, someone to talk to, um, just like you said, doing ministry or having someone to talk to, like there's always someone going through what you're going through, so having someone to talk to. So having a, yes, absolutely, having a resource, um, being a Christian provides you a 
a pool of folks who are willing to come alongside you and be there for you. It allows you to not be alone in life. There's a lot of different benefits, and Pastor Ben said something. He, I heard him say it. He said, what are the, is a different way of kind of looking at it. What are, what's going to happen if you don't <laughs> um, accept Jesus? Um, and that's a, that's a sales technique is like, well, what, why do you need my product? What happens if you don't buy the product? What happens if you don't become a Christian? And that's something that's very real as well. And so you have to think of all different aspects. And it's a combination of everything you guys said. It's a combination of all of those things. It's living your life in a way that makes people go, wow, they have something. Jesus has given them something that I could never get on my own, that I've been trying, I've been doing all these different things. I have went to the bars, I've went and hung out with friends, I've went and had, you know, all these awesome events that I've gone to, I've gone to concerts, I've hung out with people, I've poured myself into my work, I've poured myself into my kids, and I still feel empty, I still feel a hole, and there's something that they cannot give themselves, that the world cannot give them, and if you live your life in a way that says, I have this thing, I have something in me that makes me happy, that makes me joyous. Yes, I have bad days. Yes, I have terrible times. But when it push comes to shove, I have a Savior in, in heaven who loves me, who is there for me, and who gives me strength when I need it, who gives me encouragement when I need it, and surrounds me with people in a room who've gone through similar things. And I can ask them, and I can say, Chuck, how do you handle something like this? And I can say that to a lot of different people in this room. And it means so much to have that, to have that camaraderie, to have people in your life. That is so, so important. It's so beautiful. And you cannot account for that. You, cannot, you can't replace those things in your life. Jesus has many benefits. And the benefits are great. But we as Christians sometimes just want to go and hold them here instead of saying, hey, guess what? These are all these benefits that you could have if you just come with me and see what Jesus is all about. There's a lot of ways that we could do it. There's a lot of ways we can encourage. I encourage you to find the way that works for you. And if it's living your life to the best, that's awesome. If it's inviting people, going out in the community, starting different programs, do it. What does that look like for you? Find out what that is and don't do it alone. Paul wouldn't do it alone. You shouldn't do it alone. Find somebody that's willing to be there with you and to encourage you and love you. I love you guys a lot. And I appreciate you all getting together and kind of, uh, you know, doing little crazy things like that. I know that that can be uncomfortable sometimes when people ask you to get in the group, and especially if they ask you to be the speaker of the group and you're not ready and you're changing the diaper. And, you know, it means a lot that you guys are still willing to do it. And I think that when you hear other people in here, you know, I can tell you all day long that people are here to encourage you and they have the same mindset as you, but until you hear them say it, it changes it. And you hear them and you go, oh, they are thinking like me. I, am, I do have someone in the room. You're not alone. But you need to utilize the folks here. Utilize us. Use us. We're here for that. And God wants you to do it.
So I want us all to pray together. We just had all this awesome time together, unless if you'll play for a second or whatever you want to do, I don't, whatever you feel like doing. Um, but I want us all to uh, stand, if you guys will. Um, I really, I really truly believe that God has a move ready for us today. Like, I believe that something's going to shift, and I'm just truly believing that. I'm just going to continue on through this week believing that God has something going for us this week. He's got something in your life that he's going to shift a little bit. He's going to cause something to happen in your life that you've been wanting to happen, maybe. He's gonna, there's something's going to happen in someone's life. I can feel it. I don't know what it is. But something's going to shift. And you're finally going to get what you've been praying for. I'm believing that today. And so I want us all to pray together. And I just want to encourage you guys, because you're not alone, you do still have purpose in life. God still wants to use you as an instrument for his purpose. He still has blessings for you. Please keep pursuing those. Please keep going after them. Please don't give up. Please don't stop. It's worth it. And if you've been a Christian for 51 years, and you can look back over all those 51 years, and you can say, God, you've been faithful every single one of them. That is a benefit in itself that you can't replace. And I'm praying that we're all, we'll all get there. But I want us to pray together that we would be encouraged, that we would find that person, that we would find someone to do ministry with, that we would have um, encouragement that there are benefits. There are great things to share about the church. We're not just a bunch of old fogies. We're not just a bunch of people who are willing to browbeat. We're not just a bunch of people that aren't inclusive. We're actually loving people who have a Savior who loves us and who's faithful to us and gives us what we need. We have a lot to offer. You have a lot to offer. Jesus has a lot to offer. So let's pray together. Father, thank you for these awesome people. God, I pray that in this moment, God, that you would help them see that there still is hope. There still is work to be done. And God, we are here saying, guess what? We're here as your instrument. God, use us. Help us. We love you so much, Jesus. And we know, we know, if we've been a Christian very long, God, we know that you have great benefits, that there are things that you do for us that we could never do for ourselves. God, you provide a peace and a comfort inside of me that nothing in this world could ever do. And I've tried other things. I've tried other sources. They all leave you empty. But God, you've never left me empty. God, you've always been faithful to me. You've always shown your grace and your love to me, even when I don't feel like I deserve it. Even when I feel like I've messed up so many times, God, that this is the time you're just going to say, hey, that's enough. You always accept me with open arms. I pray that the people in this room who feel that way would understand that you have something for their life. The people in this room who feel like it's too hard, the, that it's too much, I can't do it. God, send them someone 
that's willing to be there and embolden them and to give them hope and to give them voice of truth and voice of reason, God. I, I pray that you send those people into their life and that you help them to realize and be humble enough to say, I could use someone. I could use someone to bounce ideas off of. I could use someone to pray for me. I could use someone to vent to. Send that person. And God, in this moment, I know and I can feel it in my spirit that you have some kind of move in this place for someone. I don't know who it is. I don't know what the situation is, but God, I know that you do. And I know that something's about to shift and something's about to move in this place. And so, God, I pray that the chains that are surrounding this situation would be falling off today. In Jesus' holy name, I pray that he would cause those things to come falling down and the barriers and the walls that have been set up in this person's heart or in this person's mind would break down today and that they would accept what you have to say to them and that you would they would feel your presence as they speak. And maybe that just means that they're just living their life for you. Or maybe that means that they go back one more time and say, listen, I know you've told me no before, but I just want to say, do you want to come to church? Do you want to have a talk about Jesus? And if that person says no again, I pray, God, that you would not let that person feel discouraged, that you would let them feel hopeful that this is the process and that you have something in mind that's greater than they can ever imagine. Help us to be strong. Help us to be willing and give us strength. Give us hope. Give us encouragement. Break chains in Jesus' name. We love you so much, God.